Welcome to Your Partner in Success Radio, a program that values the potential of knowledge, collaboration, and growth. The show is hosted by Denise Griffiths, who is known as an intensely curious nerd in stilettos. Each Wednesday, she is joined by co-host Ben Gay III, a renowned figure in the sales world. Ben is recognized for introducing The Closers, one of the most popular and powerful sales training materials ever produced. Having been mentored by Dr. Napoleon Hill himself, Ben has gained a wealth of knowledge on sales and life. Throughout the show, Denise and Ben delve into the world of sales, entrepreneurship, and success, exploring Ben's vast experience from guiding and mentoring countless professionals to achieve unparalleled success in their careers. Together, they offer unmatched guidance to listeners seeking success in their professional endeavors. Good morning, Ben. How are you today? I am fine, Denise. How are you? I'm just lovely. We say that in the South. We're lying, but we say it. I'm just lovely. <laughs> it can mean anything. It can mean I'm great, or it can mean back up and go to another zip code. It really depends on how we say it, but today I'm really lovely. I can also hear whether the ladies say it from the South or not. Bless your heart. Yeah, you don't want us to say that ever. And if we say, <laughs> bless your little heart, that means you are too oh. stupid. To wash it off. There's no saving you. (laughs) Listen, we have got, I know we've, I've been asking and I think you have been asking as well for questions. You know, what, what do people want to know from you about sales and, you know, how do they basically learn from you? So we've got several and I know we've got a few from Randy Chaffee. So did you want to start with the questions first and then after that, I really wanted to ask you, how did you come to write down or write what are now known as the sales Bibles, the closers one and two? I don't think I have that full story yet. Uh, but probably not. I'm rarely asked that. So, uh, yeah, let's do the questions first. And uh, uh, Randy, by the way, uh, I know submitted some, as you just said, uh, a wonderful guy, and I've just agreed to guest on behalf of you and me on his show Monday, May 15th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Seconds ago, I accepted that, and I'm told, oh, good. Randy, that's the fifth time I've been on his show, which is three or four more than anybody else's, so I'm deeply appreciative of uh, his support and Wes Wyatt, his running buddy. Uh, they're wonderful people. They are, but I'm going to tell you right now, I know what he's doing. He's trying to beat my record, and that ain't happening. <laughs> so you've been on my podcast more times, so sorry, Randy. Love you, but sorry. So let's go ahead and get started. What are, I'm going to um, have you choose because I've got the ones where he's asking about, you know, virtual selling as opposed to old-fashioned selling because of COVID and the pandemic. But I know he's got some other questions for you as well. Well, let's do. Let's have you take that one first because I have an add-on. I was uh, when I saw that he had submitted that one. Uh, I was all ready to take it, and then it dawned on me, it's your expertise, not mine, but I do have an add-on based on my system that uh, would be helpful to those people. So you go ahead. You want me to read the question as submitted, or do you have it? Go ahead and read it, and I'm reading my notes, so that will give me time. (laughs) You're so honest. (laughs) I always feel like I've snuck up on you, and you don't know I'm here, and you're saying things that you shouldn't be saying. (laughs) <laughs> the, uh, no, I don't have any filters, remember. If it's in my head, yeah, it's probably going to come out. Yeah, I frequently, uh, as we've discussed, I hear things that I say at the same time everybody else hears them because uh, it didn't go through any process. <laughs> yep. The mouth just opened and off it went. The question that uh, Randy submitted, the first one was, uh he said, my, my question, Ben and Denise, is this. The use of virtual as an important part of a sales pro's daily modus operandi, big word there, that's Latin, you know, Denise. I know. Uh, is, is, <laughs> it's here to stay, going away. And, in fact, the use of virtual.
actual, in my opinion, needs to become more of a of a piece of our toolbox. It says pet of our toolbox. I think that's piece, a piece of our toolbox. What are your thoughts? You go first. He's right. Salespeople needed to then, and they need to continue to embrace virtual ways of doing business and staying in touch with their customers. And there's many reasons for that. And the biggest one, why this became such an issue, is that the the pandemic overnight practically shifted the way people do business, and it was making virtual interactions necessary, or you withered up and you died. You just disappeared. So with social media distancing measures and travel restrictions in place, excuse me, salespeople could no longer rely on in-person meetings to build relationships with their, their customers, and some of them honestly didn't even think about getting in touch with their customers. They would just... As far as I can tell, and I watched some of this, ran around wringing their hands going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, God, oh, God, instead of picking up the phone or starting, as Randy has done, uh, a regular Facebook thing that he does every Friday. I'm losing my voice, sorry. We're waiting for Denise to clear her voice and come back. <clears throat> sorry. There it's we go. Been, yeah, sorry about that. The And I, I was actually talking and I had muted myself, so I'm on top of it today. I'm really on top of it. <laughs> but <laughs> what did I say the part already about how it shifted the way people do business? Did I get to that yeah, part? Yeah, you said almost, okay. almost overnight. Almost overnight. True, and it was almost overnight, and people had to, and I hate this word, it's a it's a pandemic word, pivot. You didn't need to pivot. You needed to stay in touch with your customers, your consumers, your clients. And a lot of people, and I watched this happen with some of my clients, I was saying, well, what are you doing? What are you doing to be in touch with your customers? Oh, have you called them? Have you picked up the phone? Have you started? Are you Zooming with them? What are you doing to stay in touch and say, hey, our business is still here. Our service is still here. We didn't drop off the face of the earth. We're just not able to drive to you. How can we be of assistance? And people were in such a panic then that they just, the most basic things just didn't occur to them right away. With Randy, it did. He immediately, because he travels a lot. In fact, I think he should be teaching this, not me, but I'll go ahead and do it anyway. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I mean, he instantly saw that there was a need for him to stay in touch, get in touch, and even build business while everybody was in lockdown. And, I mean, there were social distancing measures. You couldn't you know, rely on in-person meetings. So he and a lot of people who were going, okay, I've got customers. I have a fiduciary responsibility to my customers, and I'm not even sure that's correct, but it sounded good. So, you know, they embraced virtual (laughs) communication tools such as video conferencing, email, instant messaging, and they got more sophisticated, and it made it easier for salespeople to communicate with their customers in real time, regardless of their physical location. And I think what he's saying is that now he has a blend of both. He does travel. He loves to travel. Me, I don't want to travel, but Randy loves it. But he also makes sure that people can consume, his clients, his consumers can consume his information however they want to consume it. Do they want him in-house? He'll go there. Do they want to watch his videos? They can do that. Do they need to, you know, phone... He's on top of it. He's feeling the pulse of what his consumers need, and he's he's started to say cratering. Sorry, Randy. He's catering to their needs. Does any of this make any sense at all? It 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 do. Uh, also, what Randy does and and talks about frequently is he calls on friends, and you can call on a friend. Uh, by Zoom or the phone or any of the other things we have, and in person. And like me, I think he would prefer to be in person, uh, but he has a higher tolerance for travel than I do nowadays. So uh, I I like Zoom. I've had a couple of people in the last 24 hours ask me if, if we could meet 
you know, somewhere. And there's nothing we can meet about I can't do on Zoom, and I don't have to spend eight hours in the Denver airport waiting for Southwest to find a pilot. So uh, I'm very comfortable with it. I, I swapped over a long time ago when telephone sales became a big issue. I mean, a positive issue. Everybody said, well, how are we going to swap to that? I said, well, you'll have the time because you don't have to drive 100 miles to get to your client to discover they don't see uh, salespeople on Wednesdays um, and so on. It, as it, to me, it's just wonderful. It's a time-saving device, email, messaging, texting, uh, Zooming, whatever, or even better than that. I got no problem with it. Example, Randy and I, as are you, are good friends. I mean, I sincerely mean that. Uh, good friends. We've never met physically. No. Uh, uh, we formed a bond and a friendship, as I have with many people, uh, over the phone and more and more with Zoom or whatever. And uh, it, it's it's almost as good. It, it, let's say it's only 90% as good as sitting in an office talk, or home talking to somebody. I'll give you that. Uh, but would you spend, add three days to your schedule for that slight increase in quality? No. I, I wouldn't because it takes a day to get ready and to leave, assuming the flight goes smoothly, and then you're there for the better part of a day. I've never had a you know a one-hour fly across the country for a one-hour meeting. doesn't happen. And then you have a day coming back, unwinding and catching up on your stuff. So let's meet in person can be a three-day event. Let's meet on Zoom or through texting can be a whatever you want event, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it, although I was reluctant. I used to, when email first started, I told people it was CB radio with typing. I was not impressed, and I was wrong, dead wrong. You know, one of my guests some years ago was the father of spam, Gary Turk. He's the guy who sent out, I think it was 468 or 486 messages through ARPANET. And it, I mean, he made a ton of sales, but he also got his hand smacked pretty hard. And they said, don't ever do that again. <laughs> so, but it, that was the beginning of spam. Well, it was... Uh... Uh, Anita, we're all upset about AI now. And, uh, oh, I love it. It seems, yeah, it seems uh, well, it has ominous uh, potential, let's put it, it that way. Yeah, you have uh, to, to be careful with it. Yeah, but I've lived long enough to remember that the world was coming to an end uh, New Year's Eve 2000 when the computers couldn't handle the swap over to 2000. Oh, was that Y2K or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that was the end of the world. I had friends who stayed up late because they wanted to be there when everything crashed. And the next morning I started getting calls. Well, how did you handle that? I said, at midnight? I was sound asleep. What are you talking about? It all works out. And I'm I'm old enough to have been through a few other things that were going to end the world and and just be tragic and, and so on. But social media and staying in touch with your customers isn't one of them. Randy is really on to something. And he and Wes Wyatt, his uh, technical guru, uh, are marvelous at it. And they are. I, yeah. T- tell them what they need to do, uh, and, and I'll add on a few things about systems. But if you're sitting there afraid of it or don't think it's effective and so on, what advice do you have for them? Get over yourself. <laughs> Seriously, it's not. <laughs> you know, sometimes you start thinking and overthinking and overproducing thoughts, and it just paralyzes you. I call that analysis paralysis. Don't do that. Right. Email is easy. Texting is easy. You can't text me because I won't give you my phone number. Everybody who knows me knows that. But email, I've got a toll-free number. I am easy to reach. I am distressingly easy to reach most of the time. But that's the best way to reach me. And, you know, there's no reason why as a salesperson you shouldn't be tapping into 
what whatever works for you but there are so many ways to do it emails sales letters webinars I mean really salespeople can do webinars and they do them beautifully marketing making show you know if you're a salesperson let's just pick a, a an industry you're a bookseller that's all you do you sell books get on um, LinkedIn make sure that you have the best bio out there let people find you tell people what you do better than that tell people what you can do for them because the truth is I don't care what you're selling I am always going to ask either out loud probably out loud or internally and then out loud what's in it for me if you can't get to the point quickly and effectively don't waste my time you're like me I'm gone I may mm-hmm. not be rude and hang up on you but uh, I'm gone <laughs> you think I'm listening I've gone on to other things uh, so, yeah, when yeah, I start writing my, my Thanksgiving grocery list and it's July, I'm bored. I'm not listening to you. <laughs> exactly. Don't forget the cranberry sauce. I know. Well, I make that homemade. But to get Whoa. to get back to Randy's point, and he does this so very well, I really do, you know, people who are listening to us, go on Facebook and look for um, – Building Wins. He's on every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And he just walks you through how he does everything he does, why he why he did it. And he wants to help you. And that's the beauty yeah. of a perfect salesperson or a perfect sales persona. And it's not even a persona, Ben. It's, it's a personality. He wants to help. I mean, you know, salespeople, let's face it, sales is marketing but you should only be marketing to people who need what you have. Not, you know, don't scattergun it. And he doesn't scattergun. He's very tight with his messaging. Yeah, absolutely. You just made me think of something I haven't thought of in years. My closing rate is 86% on serious sales, not on taking a book order. That doesn't count. It's unfair. But on serious sales is 86%. But guess where I got the closing rate up to 100% for a room full of 150 tele-reps? When I formed the National Communication Center, I was astounded as a salesman at our closing rate. It was right at 100% every day, day in and day out. And then it dawned on me. The scripts I wrote for each client were wonderful uh, because I write good scripts. But that wasn't the secret. The secret was the marketing that had gone on to make the customer or the prospect pick up the phone and call us. That was the reason it was 100%. So if you can get them coming at you instead of chasing them, your closing rate in your bank account skyrockets. And Randy's done a wonderful job of that. If There are numerous things that he does if somebody asks me about it. You know, where should I go to get a metal roof, for instance, for my house? I said, well, I I don't know if he services your area, but let me give you the name and phone number, the only person I would go to, who is Randy. Uh, And uh, why is that? Uh, I've never seen up close and personal metal roof in my life except on top of a barn, but it's gone beyond that now, and I've never met Randy or Wes in person. Uh, but he pops to mind. Why? Because in a tasteful, low-key way, he's in front of my face probably at least five times a week. Not, yeah, not counting every day. Just big show. Yeah, every day there's uh-huh. something. And it's always non-threatening. It's never this ends at midnight, you know, all that uh, silliness you see. Uh, he never promises to increase my sales funnels <laughs> and get me to be number one on Google or to be uh, have a best-selling book, which doesn't mean what it used to mean. I, I grew up in the era when best-selling meant you on the New York Times bestseller list because you sold the most books. <clears throat> now you can be on Amazon's best-selling list the day your book breaks before you ship one, but you're the you're the best-selling. Uh, author 
from 3 to 4 that afternoon to people who are wearing green jackets. I mean, it just doesn't mean anything more. And most emails, the open rate on emails, I understand, is just abysmal. It's because most emails have become just trash. I, I, if I don't know the person's name, I'll look over to see what the subject is. If I do know the person's name, that's the major thing. If Randy sends me an email, I got two from him today, I open it. If Wes Wyatt sends me an email, he sent me one today, I open it. Um, same with you and, and other people. If I don't know the name, I'll glance over at the subject. And if it has any of the normal nonsense in it, I just delete it. I probably, I don't count, but I'm guessing I deleted 300 emails this morning before I got out of bed because they fall, they have, it's, it's like junk mail used to be. You go to the post office and stand at the counter where people come out or are away from their mailbox to go through their mail. <laughs> it's like they're car dealers in Las Vegas as they throw it into the trash can, usually unopened, because the envelope wasn't any good. The envelope didn't say, open me. Um, the lead line in most emails don't say, open me, or cause me to want to open them. But Randy's a master at that because I've never opened anything from him. It, it may not have been of any real interest to me once I read it, and they're all so short, by the way, paragraph or two usually at the most. Uh, but I've never opened anything that would ever put his name and face in a negative way with me. It's, it's from Randy. It must be interesting. I'll learn something. I've learned more about metal roofs. Uh, than I ever intended to learn. It's sort of fascinating, but it all came from Randy in a low, non-threatening manner that made it enjoyable to read. And so what, what a lot of social media does is it, I laugh about it all the time. You'll see something I sent out on Facebook, <clears throat> which I do on a regular basis on a schedule, not when the mood strikes me. Uh, she'll see something I put out, and she said, what, what exactly was the point? Why did that message come to your mind? I said, it's the same message that I send in every message, honey. I'm Ben Gay, and I'm still alive. <laughs> I never That's looked it. at it that way. And I well, look at some of yours and go, oh, well, that makes sense. And, you know, I mean, I always like them, and sometimes I'll respond to them, and some of them I'm like, okay, I'm writing that one down. I need to keep that one. <laughs> but <laughs> but my motivation is to remind you I'm Ben Gay. I've been around so long, People, some people say, you know, what was Ben Gay like when they don't realize they're talking to me? And I say, oh, he was a wonderful guy. Uh, in fact, uh I'm I'm sharing an iced tea with him right now, and um, <laughs> about so there there comes a point at which it's nice to you know if I got something from Randy this morning, I don't feel like I would check before I refer someone to him. I know he's alive. I know he's still in the home improvement roofing business. I know he knows what he's doing, and I can find him in an instant not only in my contacts, but just by dialing back through emails this morning and there he'll be. So that it serves a, a wonderful purpose. And on systems, since I sort of snuck over into that category, uh, what folks, what Denise is telling you and what Randy does is absolutely correct. But don't leave it to your memory or your mood to send something out. Send something of value. Don't be a pain in the rear end, but do it consistently. For instance, on my ever-present calendar, um, when I get off the phone this morning, uh, get off this call this morning, uh, the next thing down, it says on my calendar, FB. That's Facebook. Find something semi-profound to post on Facebook. And that's on my calendar every day. Monday through Friday, I generally don't do it on the weekends, but Monday through Friday, it's on my calendar every day, FB. Now, here's one little thing, never out of laziness, never out of I'm too busy, but occasionally I'll put something on Facebook that really hooks a lot of people and they're chattering about it and so on. Let's say I did that yesterday. Today, I might not send out a Facebook thing because I don't want to step on my own line. 
comedian that goes too fast kills the laugh from the last joke telling the new joke. So I, if I'd had one of those experiences, I didn't yesterday had a perfectly normal reaction. So today, something semi-profound will go out from Facebook. But what it really said, listen to this carefully, Denise and I were laughing about it seconds ago. What it really says is, I'm Ben Gay. I still sell the closers. I still am in personal mentoring, a la what Dr. Napoleon Hill did for me, and I'm here. You know, if I sent it right now, you would know that at 10.25, 10.26 a.m. Pacific time, Ben Gay was still alive. I want you to know that. So if the need comes up for something in selling or mentoring or public speaking and so on, I'm near the top of your mind. Schedule Absolutely. Do not leave it to change. The other day I sent out uh, a thing that says it's check-in time. Where in the world are you? And people love that. It gets an enormous reaction every time I do it. And they tell me where they are and frequently what they're doing and so on. And fascinating where people are from. All over the world we get input on that thing. But it wasn't uh, accidental that I sent it to you. I send it on Saturdays. And I send it every, I think the current one, I'd have to look in the calendar. I don't have to think about things like this because I write it down. I think the current one is six weeks from now, I'll send out another one. And then on the calendar, it says move up. That means move up six Saturdays. So I have to think about it again. So when you get it check-in time, you know, tell me where in the world are you for me, it's interesting. I care, but it's programmed warmth. I'm going to ask you again in exactly six weeks. If you get a Facebook from me, it's because it's either Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, and yesterday's was not such a smooth, uh, such a huge hit that I feel like I'm stepping on my own line so you get fresh material. But they're all designed to keep me near the top of your mind. And there's several other things that I do that look spontaneous that are done every six weeks or go uh, toot your own horn. Uh, yeah, I love that one. one. Yeah, and it gets great response. I do that every six weeks, different day than where in the world are you. But I don't have to remember it. So A, Randy is absolutely right. His question was rhetorical. He knew what the answer was to his question. He was setting us up. He really was. Well, it worked. We talked about it in 28 minutes. I know, Randy. (laughs) Just let us know when the check's in the mail, okay? (laughs) <laughs> so the uh, schedule it properly, make it look as spontaneous as you want, but do it daily, weekly, every six weeks, every eight weeks, whatever. Uh, I have uh, appropriate messages written in on my calendar for uh, national holidays and so on. I don't really pay a whole lot of uh, attention. My next one in the world of you is Thursday. I was just flipping through the calendar. It's Thursday, July 6th. So get ready for that. It's coming. Uh, of your system, and the daily success system that Dr. Hill taught me on some minor little point when he taught me is a big part of my business and my image that I've created uh, there's a saying, I worked in and around prisons for 11 years, San Quentin, Lompoc, Frontier, the women's prison, one of the most frightening experiences I've ever had, Denise, uh, thanks to you women. Uh, hey, the, uh, they scare me I'm too. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I bet. The, uh, so anyway, what, there's an old saying in prison, probably not true now that there's cell phones hidden all over the yard and then the bushes and so on. But in the old days when you were in prison, you were pretty much cut off except for a 15-minute call once a week or a visit once a month or whatever if, if you had a visitor. So the saying was, in prison, you can be anybody you want to be. Tell them you you robbed 50 banks when all you did was stick up a grocery store. Um, And uh, you'll you'll be a 50-bank robber and be held in the pecking order in that manner because they couldn't check on it. Uh, With social media, I'm not talking about being devious, but with social media, you can create an image. You can create, if, if you haven't achieved a whole lot in your life, 
uh, business-wise, let's say, with social media, you can begin. And it builds rather quickly. Uh, You can start becoming the person you wish you had been all along in probably a month, start referring to you that way. Lincoln used to say or did say, if you uh, develop a reputation for being an early riser, you can get up at noon. And social media allows you to alter your image much more than in-person calling does in face-to-face stuff. Face-to-face, they see what they're getting. They see the way you conduct yourself, how you dress, whether you bite your fingernails or not, and so on. Social media doesn't have that burden. So it's not only effective, um, it can be far more persuasive. It really can. And and I'm so glad you brought that up because one of the things that when, as you know, there are no pictures of me on the Internet now or ever. There never have been. There never will be. I am seriously camera-phobic to the point where I drowned somebody's iPhone in a picture of sweet iced tea for taking pictures of me in my own home. And then I left the building. <laughs> I did an Elvis and I left. <laughs> but, I just abandoned my guest. I just left. Don't, if you live around me and that comes up, do it in water. Don't waste a picture of southern sweet tea. Oh, I can't stand that stuff. So it didn't hurt my feelings oh, really? at all. No, I don't eat sugar. <laughs> I don't like sweet foods. Sweet, I don't. Ugh, sugar bothers me. But one of the things, and to go back to you're never going to see what I look like, I'll just tell you I'm stunning. That's all you need to know. But yeah. the thing is, I had to create this podcast is a virtual, virtually one of the reasons why I have a podcast is because I knew to get my voice heard, to meet people, to connect with people, I needed to find a way. So I found podcasting 15 years ago. I also started writing about my cats. Everybody knows I have cats. Hang on just a second. Speaking of my dog is trying to do something to the door. I don't know what she's trying to do. But um, I started that quite deliberately, believe it or not. And one of my cats, he's a hashtag on Facebook, hashtag Hamilton is an ass. He's quite famous. He gets He gets Christmas cards. But I started to do that because you're not going to see pictures of me. You might see pictures of my backyard. But my whole life is not laid out for your consumption. This is a way to promise you that I am human. I have pets. I'm not a serial killer. I can write well. I have something of a personality. And I'm actually quite funny on occasion. It's all very deliberate. (laughs) Right. You're proving my point exactly. Yeah, you you would do well in prison. In prison, oh. you'd be anybody you want. And of all Ow. the people I know, I have to go I now. Think Ham- <laughs> I think of all the people I know, I think Hamilton the ass is one of the very few whose name I know. If we go to a friend's <laughs> house for dinner, as we pull up, I go, okay, one more time. What's the husband's name? What's the cat's name? What's the dog's name? And so on. I sort of get briefed. But Hamilton the ass, I feel like he's my own cat. You know, we have three, if we count next door at my son's house, we have five cats wandering around, coming and going through doggy doors. And two of them, I'm not sure their names, but I know Hamilton the ass because <laughs> you have made him a character. Oh, he is a character. He's 20 pounds of ginger attitude. Seriously. And, you know, I've got got his brother, Silas the Good, and then I've got another ginger, Gracie Lou, who is now almost 17 years old. And, you know, you always go by, you know, most of mine are old. The boys are only seven years old. They will be seven, but everybody else is fairly elderly. And, you know, I'll go by, they'll, they'll be in the back of the couch, and I'll go, okay, love you, love you, love you. And I'll bend over to Hamilton as an ass and say, I love you best, but don't tell anybody else. <laughs> and then yeah. I keep on going. <laughs> so, you know, you can't tell me you don't have one that you love more than the others. That's just they're lying. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Always have. I've always had cats and dogs, and there's always been a favorite among them. I try not to show it, but there's always been a favorite. I whisper it. Everybody can, cats can hear everything, but still. So then I have to backtrack and go, I love you too. I love you too. It's, 
it's a lunacy. It's really what it is. But to get back to why I did that, I did it quite deliberately. And I've got a Facebook group for feline office assistants, and we all chat back and forth. We have an opportunity to meet each other's pets and each other's personalities, and we have a little community going on. It's easy to do on Facebook. Am I selling anything? No. But I am selling my persona, my personality. Yeah, and when uh, somebody says, I wonder where I ought to get that, um, you know, fill in the blank, um, your name, if it's anywhere near appropriate, would pop up. So you probably sell more than you realize. Uh, that's the nature. I like being the go-to person, and social media has really helped that even more. I've always had a reputation for that. I have what I call the magic Rolodex. If you ask me a question, uh, I've lived long enough, had enough experiences where the odds are pretty good if you're asking me. You must know something about me. I know the answer, or I know who does. With a magic Rolodex, people know they can call me and ask me bizarre questions because I, if I don't know, the Rolodex does. I'm two phone calls away from the answer. I don't care what the question is. Friend called me. I can talk about right. this openly uh, now that Ross Perot is dead. But a friend called me and wanted Ross Perot's for a legitimate reason. Wanted Ross Perot's phone number. I said, Why the hell would you ask me for Ross Perot's phone number? I don't. I think I met him once at a big conference. I couldn't even swear to that. He said because you can get it for me within two phone calls. Now get to work. So I called Ow. Earl Fraser, one of my old friends and mentors. And I can turn Merle in now that Ross is dead. And Merle says, okay, because it's you, I'll give you his secretary's uh, number, rings on her desk, and I'll give you the one that rings in his pocket, and I'll give you the one that rings on his desk. Uh, In the pocket, have whoever calls deny anything. No matter what they ask, deny it because none of us are supposed to know that. So I called back my friends. Here's the three phone numbers. Here's the three rules with using them. Start with the secretary. And he said, that's absolutely amazing. Well, it's not. I made myself available. I created an image of the go-to guy, and I have a Rolodex. I'm talking about an old-fashioned Rolodex. I'm worried about the cards wearing out because I'm not sure they sell replacements anymore. But... uh, it, it all ties together. Randy is a guy. I have dear friends in the home improvement industry and in the roofing business and so on. But one of them, the, the biggest of all of them, is now running a series of restaurants that he owns. And so I wouldn't call him anymore. His information's out of date, and he doesn't want to be bothered. So Randy is the go-to guy. And if he doesn't know the answer, I promise you, uh, within a phone call or two, he can get it. And the reason I think of Randy is because I get something from him five days a week. And see, that that goes back to, again, here's that awful word, and now it's stuck in my head now that I said it, pivot. <laughs> when you had mm-hmm. to say, okay, I can't jump in the truck and go down the road to visit my, my client, consumer, customer, however you want to identify them because – Either they're not going to let me in or my mask is not going. There were so many reasons why people couldn't get out Mm -hmm. and about. So when you decide that you're going to be in touch with them, come hell or high water, you're going to make it happen. And listen, what I get from you and from Randy and people like you is that sales is service. It really is. And like I've told you before, I don't think I'm a salesperson, but a heck of a a lot of people disagree with me and tell me that I can be very persuasive. I'll tell you the honest truth. I can't be persuasive if I don't believe what I'm saying. So I don't yeah. try. If yeah. I believe it, yeah. I'll say it. If I don't, don't ask me. Not going to happen. Don't ask me if I'll come to work in, in your insurance company. That ain't never going to happen, to say it in the South. <laughs> Just, or as we say, that ain't happening, hun. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, and you guys embody that for me. Sales is service. So going back to what you were just saying, if you don't have it, and I, I do the same thing. If I don't have it, can't do it, I will find a referral for you before the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, 
all I've ever, I've run two large cosmetic companies. If you have makeup in your purse, you know as much or more about makeup than I do. Uh, because I was the salesman, the spokesman, the front man. And the reason I was able to do that effectively is I, I got the right phone numbers. I went to the right people. And I said to them, chemists, Mort Scott was one of them. He invented Bromo Seltzer and Sally Hansen, Hard as Nails, for instance, and a lot of other products. Uh, I said, Mort, when I go to the front of the room and hold up a jar of whatever, cleansing cream, moisturizer, whatever, hold it up, I want to be able to say, you, you may or may not like the aroma, you may or may not like the color, but I want to, that's a personal choice. But I assure you, this is the best product you can possibly get. I don't care what the price of the others is, more or less, this is the best. And the reason it's the best is it has nothing in it but pharmaceutical grade, not cosmetic grade, pharmaceutical grade ingredients. Therefore, and I sold directly and indirectly a million dollars a day in cosmetics by what I said, what I wrote, the meetings I held, and so on, because I believed in the product, because I demanded that I be sent to the front of the room with a product I could believe in. And uh, uh, there are products on the market that will remain nameless. You can't pay me enough money to endorse them. So again, back to social media and building your image. Once you have that image, I've had people buy things from me that that said somewhere during the process, well, I'm, I'm going to buy it because you said it's good. And if you say it's good, it is. I know that. I had a guy invest a large amount of money one day. He was in a room full of prospects. They paid $10,000 a head to be there. And for a few days and learn some scripts and, and so on. And then if they went forward with the purchase that we hoped they would make, the $10,000 applied to the purchase. So there's a little bit of clever marketing fear of loss built in there. But I, I got up and got started day one, you know, welcome to Placerville and da, da, da. And uh, uh, I said, uh, now we're going to spend the next, I think it was 10 days, we're going to spend the next 10 days doing whatever. And uh, this hand goes up in the room and says, when do we give you our checks? And I said, well, uh, any time. I never turn down checks, but I think you ought to find out how much it is and what you're getting and so on. That will be unveiled to you over the next few days. He said, you obviously don't remember me. You gave a meeting in Jackson, Mississippi one night in the middle of a, a horrible storm. I didn't think you or anybody else would be there. And, in fact, your running buddy, Jimmy Rucker, and you were the only two speakers that came in, in, in the audience. There was me, and his room was set up for 500 people. You showed up, two people in the audience, and you said, I'm sorry, but I don't know how to give this presentation to two men sitting here by themselves. I'm used to men and women, blah, blah, blah. So you said, do you mind if I revert to the script? that I would use if this room was full. No, absolutely not. I said, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ben Gay. Went right into the script, gave the presentation, and they bought. And I was doing it for a friend of mine. They weren't my prospects. He had called me at the last minute and said, would I go do it? And I said, uh, sure. So through the storm, we went, gave the meeting, never gave it another thought uh, because, again, they didn't belong to me. They belonged to my friend Merle Frazier, and uh, he's the guy that raised his hand in the room. He said, ladies and gentlemen, I've seen this man in action. If he tells you something's true, it's true. If he tells you he's going to do something, he does it. So as I have figured out, I now I'm about to owe you, I think it was $27,000. Here's my cashier's check, and this is 30 years ago, so it was even more significant. Here's my cashier's check. He turned around, went back to his seat, sat down and said, now, tell me what I bought. Oh. And I did. Yeah, well, that that's, again, the image. And if you like Randy, you can create that image day in and day out. For nothing, by the way, every time I hit send on my computer or on my phone, I have a subconscious thought about 
you know, if you were mailing that today, that would be 56 cents a piece times 50,000 or something. That's a $25,000 mailing, not counting printing. And you get to hit send and it goes for free or whatever my phone bill is, you know, uh, gets to go for free. What a wonderful time to be alive in sales and marketing. If only people who are listening knew what it was like <laughs> to drive 100 miles and then discover they don't see uh, salesmen on Wednesdays when you can't afford to check into the hotel, but you didn't want to sleep, sleep in the street, so you checked in the hotel and put it on your credit card and hoped it would all work out. That's the way selling used to be. And uh, some were better at it and smoother than others. But that's the way selling used to be. So to sit back and whine and complain because you have to get up at 6 in the morning and write a paragraph or two and hit send, I am not the person to come to for sympathy on that point. You are are dropped in at the right time in history on the right planet and in the right country. Take advantage of it. Social media is just a very, very important part of your uh, toolbox, as Randy said. But have a strategy for your social media. Consistency is critical, as you pointed out. Very critical. You have to have a plan. You cannot deviate wildly and say, well, you know, I'm going to be a salesperson today and Next week, I'm going to be talking about, oh, I just bought these candles, and you need to buy some too because I just bought into this program. No. It show up as you mean to show up now and forever. Show up as – the only way I can say this, man, is show up as the real genuine you. Nurture your customers and nu- nurture your clients. Nurture the secretary or the admin, the pe- you know, people who are the – gatekeepers who are not going to say, sure, you can leave that because it's going to go straight in the trash. Nurture these people. Nurture those responsibilities. <laughs> really? You know, I mean, there's circular trash. It's just going to go right there, that that bin over there. Whatever you leave on somebody's desk is not making it to the owner. It's just not. If it does, it's only because they already know you and they just actually weren't available. But there are so many ways to get noticed, to be of service. And let's stress that a bit. You know, I think that people, and I see this all the time, it's like, I've got to sell, sell, sell. They're they're thinking with an Excel spreadsheet. I've got to sell this many widgets this week or I can't make my house note. You know, and they're just so panicked about selling something, anything, they're not nurturing the people that they should really, really be caring for. They're not being a service. My old friend I referred to earlier, Hugh Harris, restaurateur, former home improvement guy, um, he says people like that have commission breath, and you can smell the commission breath from 100 yards away. Buy, this little thing I coined years ago, people buy, from people they know, like, trust, and with whom they feel safe. Randy has become one of those people to thousands of people. You have, and I have too. But it wasn't accidental. No. no. I have worked on it maliciously with malice and forethought for years. Yeah, but marketing is sales. Sales is marketing. Nurturing your customers, very important. And I think people, that's not my doorbell, is it? Is it yours? No, it's Gigi who left her phone. She uh, she left her phone in the office. I don't know where she is, but I know where her phone is now. (laughs) Gigi, if you're listening, go to the office. It's in there. She may be she may be listening. Hi, Gigi. But but the thing is, and, and Rand and our friend Tammy, you know, she is, I think, one of the. She's an intensely curious person, and she's probably, in my way of thinking, and she's really not selling anything at this time. But she's one of the best salespeople I've ever come across because everything that she says or does is well thought out. It has a beginning and an end, and it's never just for her. She wants to be of service. Are we talking about Tammy Thrasher? Tammy Thrasher Mitchell. Yep, that's exactly right. 
Yeah, she's uh, really, again, someone I've never met, but you introduced us and we talked about something for some time, and I came away putting in my mind Tammy Thrasher. You can trust her. You can like her. That's a keeper. Right. Oh, I like that. (laughs) You made it rhyme. (laughs) Okay, so... I like the I like the uh, the analogy there. I didn't mean to cough on you. Sorry, my voice really is just. It's been the last couple of days. I've been doing a lot of cursing, and I've been trying to do it internally so it doesn't rip my throat up. <laughs> <laughs> but every once in a while, it is let her rip. So, do we have any other questions? Oh, and I know what I wanted to say, Ben, because I keep writing this down, and the, what I'm writing down is write that down. That goes back to what Dr. Hill taught you, what you taught me. What, you know, now I've got my, I've got the proper at a glance, and I started building it yesterday even though I can't really use it until July and I'm constantly I'll say you know and I hear your voice oh you know I'll remember that and I know good and well I won't so I'm constantly and I have stacked little pads of paper in every room with a pen and I'm a neat person I'm a very neat I mean I've had people say Denise I wasn't through drinking out of that oh sorry it's already in the dishwasher I I don't have you know <laughs> I'm just neat, but I have made it a point to go in every single room and put a small notepad and a pen because, and I hear you, I really can hear you in my head going, write that down. Okay, fine. And I go write it down because if I don't, it's gone. Yes. I told you this. When I say pad of paper, it's sticky pads. I put little sticky pads all over the place. Um, I have those also. Uh, sticky pads are for sticking notes on Gigi's computer screen. And, and then to show you how anal I really am, I put the sticky note on a computer screen secured by a small piece of scotch tape. <laughs> I don't trust sticky pads. <laughs> if a sticky pad is going to lose its grip and fall off, it would be mine, I assure you. Well, that's why I have to pick them up every day because – you know, again, cats. And the yellow ones, for some oh, reason, yeah. those are like catnip. They're like, ooh, let's go see if we can rip that up and make a ball out of it and toss it around. So I have to make sure. They don't like the pink as much. So I'm learning to be very careful, very judicious about what colors go in what rooms. But I keep hearing you write that down, write that down, write that down. And I have noticed that it really kind of frees up my mind. It's like, okay, I wrote it down. Okay, Ben, I heard you. I wrote it down. And then I can let my squirrel brain go off in another direction. It's not nagging. What did you forget? What did you forget? Because I know I forgot half a dozen things. It's two things. That, it frees you up to think of other things. And two, and I couldn't prove this. I'm not a human behavioral scientist, but I know it to be true. When you reward the brain, you know, the brain came up with something and you rewarded it by writing it down soon to take action, the brain somehow says, oh, I'll give him another one. Exactly. Nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah, rewards, exactly. It, It is rewarding the behavior it wants to see repeated, positive reinforcement. So it not only frees you up, I'm always laughing about that. You know, Gigi will say to me, uh, do you have a call tomorrow, meaning a, a podcast or something? And uh, I said, I don't know. It's, it's written on the calendar. Well, she said, when you wrote it on the calendar, it didn't stick in your mind. I said, no, that's the reason I wrote it on the calendar. I don't have to remember, and I'm repeating a story I told you not long ago, maybe to live on a podcast. In a recent weekend, I'll have to quit saying recent pretty quick because time is going on, but in a three-day weekend not too long ago, I didn't go to the office Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, however it worked out. And by the time I went around and picked up my notes, and I visited every memo pad, every writing station in the house and office and car. By the time I picked up all the notes over that three-day weekend, I said, that's a lot of ideas and reminders. I'll count them. Seventy-two fresh ideas and or reminders in a three-day period, all written down. You and I know, because our brains work in a similar manner, uh, you and I know I would have remembered three of those, maybe. 
and maybe a few more as time went on when, you know, when somebody said, well, you're a day late or whatever. I would remember too late, but eventually I might remember some of them. But I captured 72 because I wrote them all down. There isn't a chance I could have remembered 72 minus that system. And like you attribute that to me, every time I write something down, I have a fleeting thought of Dr. Hill because that was among the most valuable lessons he ever taught me. And it's important, Ben. And, uh, you know, we're talking about cluttering our brain. Recently I came across a, a YouTube video from a gal. It's Clutterbugs, I think it is. And I don't have clutter. Well, I lie. It's in the closets. It's in my attic. My attic terrifies me. I think it's going to cave in on me at some point and crush me in my office, my bedroom, actually. It's on the other end of the house. But going through some of her videos, I realize that I'm one of those people. If it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And I have mm-hmm. caught myself too many times buying something because I didn't remember I had it. I had no recollection that I already owned it and probably owned several of them. So now <laughs> I've had to train myself. And you know what happens? That becomes clutter. That clutter used to be cash, and now you're wondering, what the heck? But now I've had to train myself to say, do I have that already? And go into my Walmart online. Did I already buy this? Oh, yeah, it's in the cupboard. I'm having to backtrack because I now know that if I have stored it, it's gone. And my brain mm-hmm. works the same way. If I didn't write it down, thank you, Ben. If I didn't re- write it down, it'll pop up. But when I'm trying to sleep, and that's annoying. Yeah, yeah. But not all 72 of them. I'm, I'll get one or two, and then then I can't go back to sleep because there was more. Where are they? What the heck? Well, the the system cures all of that. Uh, someday we'll do shopping lists. <laughs> we we never run out of anything because, let's say, coffee. Um, today in the cabinet where I keep the coffee, uh, there are two cans or containers. One is partially full. The other one is full. And uh, when I open the second one, the one that's the full now, the day I open it, coffee goes on the list. We have a niece who visits occasionally who lovingly drives me crazy. She'll say, uh, her daughter will say, do we have this or could we borrow this or something? And she says, oh, yeah, Uncle Ben has a backup for everything. Go ahead. I go, no, I have a backup for everything because <laughs> I have a list and a system. We don't run out of anything ever thanks to a shopping list, write it down, and thanks to the system of when you open the last one, write it down. Don't wait till you're out. The, the only place my system doesn't work is when we go to a store and it's time to use a coupon or cash in of, you know, here's your $100 reward. That is always, uh, we're always there cashing that in the day after it expired. I right. have to get out of the way to beat that system. Yeah. I don't think you can, Ben. We're just about out of time. Do we have, All right. what are we going to talk about next week? Do you have anything in mind? I, I have in mind because I, I want to serve our people. Uh, I, I won't have in mind, get your questions in. Email them to me, and she has Denise has the contact information up. Email them to me or Denise or post them somewhere. Let us see your questions. What I want to do is spend the time talking about what you want to hear about, not what I think is important, because I may be wrong. And we have Randy's unasked and unanswered questions to go over, so we'll have something to start with. And we have Tammy as well. So listen, everybody, as we come to the end of today's episode, we would like to request your valuable feedback, as Ben just did. So if you found our insights useful and enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate it. If you would leave us a review and a rating on iTunes, your feedback helps us. It helps us grow and inspire more people on their success journeys. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a review, and share your part in Success Radio with your friends and colleagues. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to catching you on the next one. Dan, thank you. Thank you, dear. Have a great day. We love you. 
Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. 